everyone, Christopher here. On our upcoming episode, Tom and I went down a rabbit hole, and I was leading the way, and we went way long on the episode. And so I thought I'd actually take a bulk of what caused that and make a special little episode to drop in the feed. So you got a little, uh, you got a bonus episode out of it. This is our discussion on my list of the my top 10 Star Trek The Next Generation episodes. Why it comes about and everything is explained in the clip that's coming up. I hope you enjoyed this little bonus episode, and I certainly would appreciate your comments, your thoughts on your Next Generation episodes. If we have any TNG fans, what do you think of my list, and what would come off, what would be added? Let's hear from you. Uh, Drop us an email at timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com, or come and join us on the Facebook group, the Discord channel. All the links are in the uh, show notes. Right, while we're on the track, since we've already gone down this rabbit hole, uh, this is something that came up I was, uh, I forget what I was looking for. I was looking for some old something or other, and I went to the Wayback Machine, which is part of archive.org, where you can plug in a web address and it will take, uh, give you like effectively little snapshots of it archives web pages, you know, just randomly and everything. So I found one of the old forums that this podcast is, you know, birthed from, the old Janja.net forum. And oh, yeah. of all the things that it saved, one of the pages that it saved was my top 10 Next Generation episodes. I caught that you posted It was that. just a, a list that I don't remember why I did it. I think it was just just because. And it was just like something to try to spark a conversation or something like that. So I don't know. Do you want, to, do you want me to, to list these off real quick for you to yeah, see what you think? you can think? run off the 10. I'm curious, and if you know all our listeners, if they got any other uh, next gen fans or whether amongst us, um, let me know what you think of this list. And it, I, I was looking at this list again, and, and I'm looking at it and thinking, yeah, yep, that still holds. This is still what I would consider my top ten next generation episodes. So my number one, uh, maybe I should go. What should I go top to bottom or bottom to top? Uh, I'll go. I'll go ten. Go bottom to top. I'll go ten. Yeah. Uh, number ten, I gave to Best of Both Worlds, uh, Part One and Two. So season yeah. three going into season four. So this was a tough spot to fill, harder than all the rest. But how could I not mention the third season cliffhanger that literally had me on the edge of my seat and almost knocked me off of it? Had we never seen a character, a main character, totally destroyed and taken over by the enemy, the entire episode looked like the looked like to be a build-up to a huge change-up aboard the Enterprise. Riker poised to take a command, a feisty career-minded officer gunning for the right-hand seat, and then the captain captured and turned into the enemy. Mr. Worf, fire, were three words that hung like thick fog all summer long. The season four conclusion was equally as exciting. The final rescue still had us guessing as to who exactly would and wouldn't be there for the next season. And a lot of people today do not understand cliffhangers <laughs> and having to wait all summer to find out what the heck happened. Yeah, no, binge watching has killed that for everyone. But yeah, I remember you and I sitting down to watch uh, that be- the first half of Best of Both Worlds and then going, no! And it just ends. <laughs> yeah, we have to wait Black screen. another four months. Black screen with that blue... TNG font to be continued. What? 
Number nine I put for a season six episode called Ethics. Worf injured to the point that for him a Klingon is worse than death. I'll admit most of the story is schmaltzy and sappy, a lot of weeping Alexander and so on, but what makes this episode stand out for me is Crusher. A visiting doctor has a dangerous and untried treatment that could cure Worf or kill him on the table. Dr. Crusher shows her medical medal by refusing to offer the treatment to Worf. Her counterpart decides to go against her wishes and tells Worf of this option, which he accepts and which he survives and recovers. Despite this apparent all-ends-well ending, Crusher still slams down the overzealous physician with one of the greatest lines ever. Enjoy your laurels, Doctor. I'm not sure I could. I just really was impressed with Dr. Crusher in that episode. That it, it didn't end with a, oh, well, everything's fine. Right. She had principles and she stuck to them. Like, wow, that's nice. That was good. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Number eight, I go to season seven for Lower Decks. There are over a thousand people aboard the Enterprise and all the other stories are about the bridge crew except this one. A glimpse into the lives of four junior officers as they each buck for the next big promotion and to what lengths they are willing to go to advance themselves and how each learn what it is to be Starfleet officers. The price all Starfleet crew must be willing to pay has never been highlighted better, nor has the after effects been felt stronger. That was a standout. I just that that actually I mean that could easily I could see someone actually picking that as their favorite. Right, and, and I'm gonna jump in here because one, yes, that would be one of the ones that go into my top ten. Um, not that some of what you haven't mentioned already wouldn't fit snugly in some of that but aside from this is the episode for which lower decks is entirely based off the the animated series the idea that there is more to the star trek world than the bridge Mm -hmm. um and there's a path to getting to that bridge and it's a different path for everyone so seeing these particular characters those are always the episodes that get me anyways are the side story episodes. Sure. The, the the thing that's not pushing along the arc for a war with Romulus and or Dominion or whatever. We, I, I don't want to... I like the day-to-day, the, 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 the human stories, and this was rife with yeah. it. It was awesome. And also a, a, another ending that you don't expect. Yes. I mean... That that's one of the things I think Star Trek was one of the first series that it was kind of like you know you're you're all adults. <laughs> you know? Yeah, after we got out of the sixties, uh, exactly. Yeah, but but yes, no, it was one of the first shows where while we weren't, they weren't, they didn't go like the Walking Dead model where no, <laughs> where, but they where every character was gonna bite it. They would occasionally but, say. Not everything's always t- tied up with a nice, pretty bow. Right. Yeah. No. The, the the world, even in even in this fairly utopia-like uh, future for humanity, things get dirty from time right. to time. Well, for my number seven spot, I go back to season six for tapestry. Yes, another time travel episode, sort of. And this is the only other Q story that you'll find on my list. 
Given the chance to relive a young life and stop a life-altering occurrence, Picard discovers that we that we are indeed the sum of our parts, whether they be good, bad, or artificial. This is the one where he Q sends him back to the academy, and he he and gives him the opportunity to avoid uh, the the injury that destroys his heart. Number six, again from season six, relics. I have a soft spot for this one for two reasons. One, Scotty was always a favorite of mine, especially older Scotty. And two, because I had the idea of a man trapped in a transporter years before this aired. I'm pretty sure Paramount had a chip in my head and was getting some pretty darn good ideas for me. Don't get me started about the, about the premise of Voyager. This was a brilliant way to bridge the original series with TNG as well as give it a sort of true seal of approval. James Dune was very adamant about there only being one Enterprise crew early on. The scene where Scotty laments with Picard about the differences in their ships was a fantastic moment and one that may have put the finest point on the fandom of both series. That scene on the holodeck was mind-blowing for me. Yeah. Uh, when he opened the doors and you saw the bridge of the Enterprise, I thought, oh, he's okay. Next thing, he's just going to shut the doors and walk away. But he walks out onto it. <laughs> he's on the bridge of the original Enterprise. And apparently, like, three quarters of that was all, wasn't there. It was digitally added or whatever version thereof at the time. They had, like, a wedge. Think we're using a holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> They had, but the actual set was like a wedge. They had like the, uh, the the navigation console and they had the captain's chair and they had like the back wall with a turbo lift. And then like most of everything else was not really there. They digitally kind of placed it in there using um, remastered footage from the original series. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. I just, it's a very touching and very just, it's, not like a groundbreaking episode as far as TNG goes, but yeah, yeah. You, you can't help but just have a soft spot for it, I think. Definitely. All right, so now we're getting into the top five. Season seven, Frame of Mind. Thankfully, the writers long ago realized the importance of an ensemble cast and wrote some stunning, stunning stories for everyone. This is one of my favorite Riker stories. We are thrown into a story that has no apparent beginning, and as Riker struggles to discover the truth of a situation, we see a man brought to the edge of sanity. Sure, we know the truth. We know Riker is being manipulated, and we know the Enterprise is real. Don't we? (laughs) (laughs) That's the one where he finds himself in, like, an insane asylum, bouncing back and forth between that and, like, portraying a play of a man in an insane asylum on board the Enterprise. Yeah, no, 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 that I had that I had a nice little. What's the shape where it doubles back on itself? It just it kept feeding Mobius, the Mobius strip, or Mobius strip, or the Mobius yeah, strip. Are you talking strip. about the the snake eating its own tail? Sure. I don't, I'm not sure which one you're. Yeah, one of those two. The Mobius strip is what uh, what I'm talking okay, about because yep. you you can keep traveling around it, but it keeps coming back to where it started. Right, and yeah, it's. That that's a that's a fun episode for that, and it's a it's an excellent Riker episode. Yeah, it it gives Jonathan Frakes a chance to act, where yes. he usually just gets to stand around and 
what is it that the my favorite thing is if you watch enough star trek you'll notice the man won't sit down in a chair normally no no <laughs> he always has to kick his leg over it's the riker maneuver that's the riker maneuver <laughs> it's the riker maneuver <laughs> all right let's try to get these these top four here quick so we don't run too long today yep season six chain of command this is again another two-parter uh, Patrick Stewart supposedly read voraciously everything he could uh, by Holocaust and torture survivors to prepare, prepare for what may have been the toughest ordeal Picard had ever gone through, Borg included. His strength of will tested to the point of breaking not by nanobots and Borg collectives, but by a single man. In the end, he apparently proves the victor in a struggle of wills, but the audience discovers that in the end, even the seemingly unbreakable Picard is indeed human after all. So that was the one where he is captured by the Cardassians and the four lights. Four lights. Yeah. There are four lights. Very powerful. Just that's one I actually haven't really been able to bring myself to go back and revisit. It's like that's it's that powerful of an of an episode or story. Yeah. No. No. I am always uh, taken by the the scene where um, the the torture uh, his daughter stops by. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, and, and Picard even asks him about that. And like, fam, family is important to us and all mm-hmm. that. And, and you're my enemy, and that's fun. <laughs> so, like, nice. Right, number three from season seven, All Good Things, which is the TNG finale. Possibly one of the most well-written, acted, and poignant finales of all time. Oh, there are a few problems here and there. But huge compliments to the writers of the story to even try to take on the task of writing for not one, not two, but three timelines simultaneously. We see the crew as they were and how they will be, and finally see the final steps in the bonding of these people from co-workers to family. Now, actually, revisiting even since then, I do realize that the the, uh, actual plot of that does not hold up at all. You pull one little thread about that with that time travel and the timeline of the events and it all falls apart but it is still an amazingly enjoyable fun uh story and and, and what it did is it really focused on the connection that these characters all had to each other in fact actually because this is not a video podcast uh um over my shoulder is actually the the final scene from that episode Oh, is that what's in that frame? I can never see it because there's always a glare from the light. Yeah, there's always a glare, but I actually have the shot of the poker table as Picard sits down for the first time with the crew um, and and lamenting that he hadn't done it sooner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was brilliant. So number two from season five, The Inner Light. To live a lifetime in a matter of minutes, Picard discovers within himself something that he had long thought impossible. Under the influence of an alien probe, he lives the life of a simple living man with a wife, friends, children, and grandchildren on a slowly dying world. Watch this episode, really watch it, and tell me you cannot see and feel the sense of loss when Picard realizes that it was all a dream. The soft flute playing as the Enterprise glides away may be one of the saddest moments of fiction ever. That is one of those episodes where you have absolutely no doubt that Patrick Stewart knows how to act. <laughs> yes. That, that's both 
an amazing episode and also where a lot of people still have problems with it as an ensemble because this one was all Picard. Yeah. It's just all him. Mm -hmm. all, and uh, it's hard. It's an amazing episode for him. He does an amazing job, but nobody else is a part of this one. <laughs> it's a little side story. There was a big um, auction of a lot of Next Generation items, uh, set pieces, props, that sort of thing. Mm. And one of which was his flute from that episode. And it sold for some exorbitant amount of money. And I saw an interview with Patrick Stewart, and they mentioned that, you know, that the flute sold for, you know, $20,000, whatever the amount was. I don't remember what it was. It was a crazy amount. And he just, sort of, he just starts laughing. He puts his hand his, his hands in his head, and he just, it doesn't even play. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually, uh, that makes that more fun, because... Now you can buy a prop of it, and it does. <laughs> <laughs> so my number one favorite Next Generation episode, let's see if this surprises anybody, Season 4, Family. This was an episode that broke down the barriers of storytelling in TNG. It didn't have to be phasers arcing and aliens with big foreheads. Worf excluded, of course. It could be about people. More importantly, we could see our hero brought down to a human level. Never before had we seen someone like Picard broken and damaged to the extreme that he is here. Special mention to the Worf and his adoptive parents storyline. A true inside look into what makes Worf the man, or Klingon, that we knew. That is the one that, of course, Picard goes home after the ordeal with uh, all... Um, Best of both worlds. He's he goes home and we we meet his brother and his uh, his sister in law and his young nephew. <laughs> I almost can't talk about it. That episode truly, I I get emotional when I watch it and I even think about it. No, uh, no, that 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 one is an amazing episode. Um, and what a way to kick off uh, a new season. Mm. Anyways, you come off the cliffhanger where we do have the big Borg fight and we've rescued Picard and this is this could be easily the old 60s style okay but yeah everybody's back we're good let's go cruise and we launch into the next episode of this season and it is all about the recovery mm -hmm. uh the, the this is Let's face it, if this was a real thing, anytime we have an enormous tragedy in our lives, there's the day after. And we, in media, you very rarely get the day after. Um, and this was that, and it lived up to it so, so good. I loved meeting his brother, and his brother being an absolute ass, but he actually truly does love Picard. And he knew what Picard needed, and... It was just a fantastic moment when they finally have it out, and Picard breaks down. You see our hero, Picard, sitting in the mud, crying. Yes. And Robert, who's like, this is going to be with you a long time, <laughs> you know, yeah. Jean-Luc. But where where are you going to deal—I forget the rest of the lines, but you, you have to choose where you want to you know deal with it. Above the clouds with the Enterprise or 
under the sea because he's been offered the chance for some underwater raising a continent or something project. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, fantastic. No, uh, and, and I probably share a great deal of those. I'm going to stick in an honorable mention from what would make one of my lists. I'm not going to go through a 10. No, no, no. 10, because I don't have, we don't have time for that. And another, another, and I don't have another a, time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have a fully prepared list by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but one of the ones that always sticks with me, especially since I was always very enamored with the Data character. I love Data. Mm-hmm. I wore my hair as Data for a while <laughs> as a kid because I just I, I absolutely adored the character and the the episode The Offspring. Oh sure sure. Uh, where Data actually creates his own daughter and the implications of doing that the uh, the the conversation about how Starfleet actually sees him, which is was particularly interesting because one of my other favorites from earlier on was Measure of a Man. Yeah, that could have easily made it onto the list, too. Yeah. Yeah, so that one, still early, still kind of rough. I think that's even second season, if I don't... If I'm not mistaken. But, I mean, the, the idea that they actually had the conversation over... Uh, I direct link back to slavery and the conversation around what it means to be property mm-hmm. uh, if you're a living thing and the fact that that does not work. But how to prove... Uh, I was as, as enamored with the notion of having the conversation about what it might be to be a slave, but also what it means to be alive. What, what constitutes being a sentient being and they really got into that conversation and then they continued it in the offspring because as he's bringing up this daughter starfleet once again is trying to make a claim that they're because they are unique they have to have some level of control and they're even picard is having a hard time wrapping his Mm -hmm. head around data having a child and his biggest advocate can't quite connect because it's not his experience right, right. And, and i love that episode for all of that yeah and then also the, the the girl that they got to play lol in that she hit every point that was hard i could feel myself slipping into tears as she was slipping away at the end of the episode yeah it's amazing that a you know just a stupid sci-fi show <laughs> can uh-huh. can do that sometimes. I I don't know. I don't think it's just because you're all oh, because you, you, you're a fan. It's like no. I think anybody that enjoys good drama, I think, could watch right. some of these stories and get pulled into them. Because I mean, yeah, I, look at them. I mean, the ones that we're talking with. I mean, the MacGuffins are sci-fi. Maybe yes, he created right. an android, but the themes that that then go on beyond it is not science fiction it gets it gets down to the root of your own humanity it's what it means to be a being in the world um and where you fit into that and they're taking an extreme example of of something that you can detach yourself from because you're not that but then you can experience all of it safely i mean that's what sci-fi is built for Mm -hmm. is it can have that conversation in a safe space because 
it's not real, right? Yeah, but it touches on everything that is. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not making a comment about what's going on now. I mean, it might. Right. Yeah, I'm making about a comment about what's going on another planet, and and in the future. But, yeah, and it opens us up to. It opens us up to the. I'm struggling to get it out because I want to get to the point, which is. It opens us to having the conversations that we have a hard time having. Mm-hmm. And our fiction allows us to connect with people that we don't necessarily agree with because now you can have a safe place to talk about what your take on these things are because that's not real. But it allows us to have the conversation anyway. So that's it. That's the rabbit hole. Next generation rabbit hole. Um, yeah, as you can see, that I mean, that was almost a half an hour. I kind of didn't want to leave that in the regular episode, which will be with you in a week, where we discuss the made-for-TV movie The Night They Took Miss Beautiful, which I think is also going to be a really interesting episode. I think you guys are going to like that. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening for this, to this. And then, I, as I said before, I'd love to get your feedback on it. So go ahead and drop us an email timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com or join us on the Facebook group uh, or any of the other social medias. Uh, (laughs) The links are in the show notes. Thanks, everybody, and I'll, I'll actually be back with you in a week.